Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast. So excited you're here today for this episode. This one, I promise, is going to get me all riled up because it is near and dear to my heart. And I will go more into that later. But before we get into the meat of the episode, I want to tell you about the weekly trainings happening every Monday at 8 p.m. Central Time inside our private Facebook community. It is a great place to get connected to other like-minded women. And if you want a peaceful and empowered birth, you're going to want to do it being fully supported with the community around you. And this is the place to do it. So find the link in the show notes. Just scroll down to the description and all the links um, that I talk about today are going to be in there. And also, have you scheduled your free confidence call with me yet? If you're feeling stuck or unsure of a decision, if you're just not confident in following the dream to home birth, let's find you breakthrough and direction. There's absolutely no strings attached. Let's just see what we can uncover in 15 minutes. And then if you decide that you want more, we can chat from there. You don't have to do this alone. You are so much more capable than you know. And sometimes you just need somebody to call that out in you and give you a practical next step to take. So schedule by scrolling down again to the description. Click on the link, free confidence call. Welcome to the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast, where your journey to a joyful and empowered birth experience begins. I'm your host, Allie McLean, a registered nurse, home birth coach, devoted wife, and proud mother to four incredible kiddos. I've walked the path from trauma to triumph, and I'm here to guide you every step of the way. At the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast, we're more than just a show. We're a community of dreamers, believers, and fearless mothers-to-be. If you're seeking to reclaim your birth story, to transform fear into confidence, and to embrace the beauty of home birth, you found your tribe. My own transformative journey began with a traumatic C-section, propelling me on a quest to uncover the power of home birth. And now I'm on a mission to help you rise above your past, prevent needless C-sections, and stand firmly in the certainty of your dream birth. As a devoted follower of Jesus, I believe that His divine design for birth is inherently good. It is a reflection of His love, strength, and grace. If the dream of home birth has been planted on your heart, know that it's there for a purpose. And I'm here to stand with you as you pursue it wholeheartedly. In a world filled with racing thoughts and doubts, I'm your guide to taking those thoughts captive, making them obedient to Christ, and replacing them with the liberating truth. Together, we'll navigate the challenges that lie ahead, finding not only freedom, but also unbridled joy on your path to motherhood. This podcast is a haven for the woman who has faced the darkness of a traumatic birth and has questioned whether home birth is within her reach. Here we shatter those doubts. Join us for illuminating interviews with remarkable birth workers who share our reverence for the sanctity and splendor of birth. Listen to inspiring women as they recount their triumphant birth stories, each a testament to the strength that resides within you. So whether you're just starting to explore the world of home birth or you're already on this radiant journey, the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast is your sanctuary, your wellspring of knowledge, and your unwavering support system. Get ready to be inspired, to be empowered, and to embark on a path that leads you to the birth you've always dreamed of. 
It's time to experience the Holy Spirit's power, to embrace the beauty of birth, and to create a legacy of love and strength. Are you ready to transform your birth experience? Let's dive in. All right. This podcast started because of a diagnosis from a doctor. And all I have to say to start off the show is Romans 8.28 is true. God really does use all things for the good of those who are who love him and are called according to his purposes. So if you have been here for a while, you'll know my story of having a very traumatic C-section with my first. And I go over this in episode one of the show. So if you want to go back and listen to that before you listen to this one, pause this, go to episode one, listen to the full story. Otherwise, here is the Cliff Notes version. So with my first being a nurse, I was like, well, I trust the medical system completely. They have the best in mind for me. Little did I know that the medical system has to operate on policies, protocols, procedures. It's like black and white. This is how you treat everybody. So I didn't know going in that I was just going to be funneled along in this system that leads leads somewhere. And now looking back, (laughs) if somebody tells me like a trigger word of like, For example, somebody says, oh, I hired this doctor or, oh, I was just diagnosed as high risk. I can very easily see where the end is going to be. And that's because I've been there before. It's no shade on you. It's just you hear the same things over and over and over. And a lot of people refer to this as the cascade of interventions. So that is what happened to me. Basically, my water broke early at church after an Easter service. Sorry, church. I still did not tell them (laughs) that that was me. Anyways, water broke and I ended up going to the hospital right away. I maybe was having a contraction every like 20 minutes and get to the hospital, got all checked in. I was like one centimeter dilated. Basically, I was not progressing fast enough. So guess what happened? Yep, you guessed it. Got Pitocin. Pitocin was brought on the strongest contractions. I could not handle it. I decided let's get the epidural because why not? I was going to eventually, God gave us medical professionals to give us medicine for a reason, right? That was my idea way back when. And so I got the epidural. (laughs) Very shortly afterwards, I was woken up by like four or five nurses. They were turning me on my side, putting me on all fours. I had, I had been up for so long. I think it was about 18 hours at this point. And so I had been sleeping. Um, they gave me a shot to stop my contractions. And I looked over and I remember seeing her heart rate being at 20 beats per minute, which is just awful. It is awful and scary. And she was crashing in the worst way. And it was absolutely terrifying. Well, once the contraction stopped, uh, her heart rate came back up. The doctor came in, said, if this happens again, you're going to need a C-section. And at that point, I lost it. I was terrified. That was the one thing I did not want. I didn't understand why I had said this over and over and over again. I had made a birth plan. I had told my nurse. I told my doctor, this is not what I wanted. 
I don't want surgery. Being a nurse, I had been in the surgery rooms and I did not want that to be happening to me. It was terrifying. So five minutes later, you guessed it, it happened again. I was still on Pitocin and I was rushed back for emergency surgery and baby was taken away from me for about an hour, hour and a half while I was in the recovery room and it was devastating. Two weeks later, I go back for a follow-up to check on the incision. And she's like, yep, you look great. And I had asked, you know, what was it that caused the emergency C-section? She didn't remember. She had to step out to look at my chart. And she came back in, told me, you know, your pelvis was too small. We wouldn't have known until we got in there. But when we did, we saw pelvis was way too small. You'll never be able to have a baby vaginally. You'll just have to schedule repeat C-sections. I kept it together as best as I could in the doctor's office. And I walked out of there, got in the car with my husband and lost it. Absolutely and completely. I threw a major pity party for myself for a good probably five, 10 minutes. And then it was like, I got this little whisper in my spirit. It's like, you don't have to accept that as true. And I was like, whoa, what does that mean? <laughs> Anyways, I, from that start, I started researching and I learned that people had something called a VBAC. And I had only seen that a couple of times when I was in nursing school. And they were always referred to as the dangerous uh, ladies, the ones that you really had to keep an eye on because they were attempting something that was just scary, very, very scary. So that was the only exposure I had had. Officially, I was diagnosed with CPD, which is cephalopelvic disproportion and failure to progress at four centimeters. So I hadn't even gotten to active labor. That is how this all started. So let's talk about that because I know I am not the only one to be diagnosed with CPD. In fact, it is becoming more and more prevalent. And I had seen a study, I didn't write this in my notes, so I'll have to find it later. Um, there was a study that said after like three generations of C-sections, women's pelvises are being uh, are smaller and smaller. And so eventually we're just not going to be able to have vaginal births anymore. That's what this article said. And I just, th I think that was one of the things that made me so passionate about what I'm, I'm doing. And, and the message that I'm sharing is like, you don't have to listen to a doctor's diagnosis. There's always more to the story. And ultimately who has the final authority? It's God. And so I I trusted this God dream that I was given. Now, the definition, the official definition, excuse me, is CPD, which is cephalopelvic disproportion. And that's when the pelvis is considered too small for a baby's head to go through. Now, this was often diagnosed when a lack of nutrients caused rickets or scurvy. So the pelvis really was too small, but it was because of nutrient deficiency. And also this is diagnosed if you had um, like a severe car accident where you broke your pelvis and have 
add metal plates and screws. So when you're giving birth, it can't expand like it was naturally designed to. But despite increase of nutrition, so rickets and scurvy went away, right? It's still become one of the most common diagnoses that is causing women to have C-sections. So why is that? Now, I was at a Bible study the other day and I was talking to a lady in her 70s who wanted a natural birth and she had done all of the lamas. She had fully prepared. She was so excited. She labored for like 20 hours and she was like, it was absolutely glorious. I enjoyed every minute of it, which also is something that you don't hear very often is the joy that can be found during labor. Uh, She desperately wanted this natural birth, but halfway or actually towards the end of this 20 hours of labor, they decided to do an x-ray. They used to do x-rays during labor, y'all. I just can't even. Also, science changes. I'm getting off on so many bunny trails. I'm sorry, but science changes. So what you believe now is probably going to be different in regards to what science is saying. And haven't we seen this many times throughout like 2020, 2021, two, science is not always the final authority on things. Anyways, that's my little two cents. So she got an x-ray. They said, your pelvis is way too small. So we have to have a C-section. Basically, they said, if you keep pushing, your baby is going to die. After the C-section, they said, if your baby was maybe like five pounds, it could have come out. But you know, because it wasn't, we saved your life and your baby's life, basically. So she went on to have another C-section because why wouldn't you? You were told that you were broken. You were incapable. And I said, you know what? The same thing happened to me, minus the x-ray. But the doctor told me my pelvis was too small. And she looked at me with amazement and said, well, how did you get so much confidence to have a home birth after that diagnosis? And I just had to look at her straight in the eye and and I said very honestly, like, I trusted the God dream over the doctor's diagnosis. And I mean, that that's what it was. I had felt such a stirring in my spirit that this is what I was going to do, that this was the direction that he wanted me to go. And I was going to follow it despite the fact that logic was telling me something else. The despite the fact that there was a diagnosis hanging over me that said I couldn't. So what is a God dream? How do you know? I, as I was thinking about this, I I think it comes back to three things. One, look at the original design, right? We can look back. Adam and Eve, they were given a mandate to be fruitful and multiply right? The original design was that men and women were able to procreate. Women were able to give birth to babies. He didn't create it to be broken. He created it to work, right? And yes, the fall came in and bad things happen. We can't always change our circumstances, all of that. But I am going to look back at what God created trust that it was good, trust that he didn't make mistakes, and just operate from there as my baseline. 
okay? I wasn't created to be broken. I wasn't created to need surgery. I was created to procreate and do it effectively, right? Because how do we have 7 billion people on this planet? It's because women give birth because what God created works. So the second thing that I believe can tell you if it's a God dream or not to have a home birth is confirmation, right? So this could be like reading God's word. You you look more into, for example, one thing that I looked at God's word when I was thinking about home birth was your body is a temple, right? So I am treating my body the way that I you know, out of an act of worship. I want to take care of my body because God created it. He's inhabiting me. I have the Holy Spirit with inside of me and I am going to treat it well. Part of that is not filling it with drugs unnecessarily. It's not having unnecessary surgery. It's looking back at the original design that God said in in Genesis and it's walking out in faith what he has told me to do. It's walking out in obedience, what he has told me to do, despite the fact that the future looks murky, right? I didn't know. It it could come from other people. It's really amazing to me that when somebody starts questioning home birth, is like, is this an option for me? There's lots of people who will come around you, believe it or not. I live in a state where it is perceived as illegal to have a home birth, which it's not illegal. And I have episodes on this. It's only illegal for a certified nurse midwife to attend, okay? Home birth in itself is not illegal. But coming from a place where it's like, nobody's doing this, at least that's what I thought. There were other people who actually came out of the woodworks and was like, hey, I home birth too, you can do it. What confirmation did that bring for me? What encouragement to to my spirit to know I'm not the only one. Like God has whispered this on other people's hearts too. I'm not alone. Um, this could be signs. So, um, you know, asking the Lord, hey, could you give me confirmation? Could you give me a sign? I honestly, I know people have different opinions about this, but I love asking for signs. I just feel like God is so personal to me. And if I ask him to show me, where to go and how to go and, you know, giving me like direction through a sign or something like that, you know, he will lead me. And he, he often does show me uh, where I'm supposed to go. (laughs) And this has happened many different times. Um, And he, he always does make it very clear. So the next, the last one, peace. So have you ever heard follow the peace? Well, Jesus is the Prince of peace. So as long as we're following him, He is going to open the doors that we need to walk through and he's going to close the ones we aren't. So I fully believe that when you take a step of faith and when you say, okay, God, I believe that this is a dream you put on my heart. Okay. And I'm going to walk in obedience, even though the future looks a little scary. I don't feel like I'm fully supported in this. I have a diagnosis hanging over my head, but I'm going to follow you. I'm going to have faith that if this is what you want me to do, I'm going to take one step. And if there's a door that opens, I'm going to take that door. And if not, then, you know, we'll go from there and you'll, you're going to tell me where else to go. As long as our eyes are on him, birth does not become an idol. 
And also there's no reason to fear or be anxious. So it's a win, win, win. <laughs> so the last thing is she asked me, how, how do you find the confidence to listen to God instead of a diagnosis? And I think this comes back to knowing your why. So why am I doing it? Well, I've already determined, okay, this is a God dream on my heart. So I'm following out of obedience. I'm following out of a desire to experience more of God, to um, treat my body as a temple. So that was my why. I, I learned more of the benefits of physiological birth. Man, when I learned, when I took a deep dive into birth, itself and how amazing and beautiful it is and how the design is so good why would you want anything else when you realize the many many benefits that come from staying at home from experiencing a true physiological labor you just don't really want to do anything else and so my why was very much rooted in that now another thing to another way to find confidence is to trust the character of god right? He is good. He doesn't make mistakes. He has a plan and a purpose for you. And so if you can look back at who God is, you can trust the plans that he has for you. So if you have determined this is a God dream, I know my why. I'm going to trust the character of God that even if it doesn't turn out the way that I want it to turn out or, you know, back to Romans 8, 28, he's going to make it good. He, in some way, shape, or form, he is way higher than we are. He knows way more than we do. And so we just take steps of faith and we walk and we walk and we look around for confirmation and we trust. We trust in his character. When you do that, the last thing uh, to find confidence is to listen for his voice. He is going to bring you comfort. He's going to bring you direction. I was talking to somebody the other day and we were uh, really excited when we heard that we both asked for the same thing. So when we were on our journey to home birth, for me, I, I said, you know, I want to know his voice so well so that if he tells me I need to do something different, He's going to tell me something's wrong and then we'll go to the hospital, right? Like that's what a hospital is used for. And she's like, yeah, that was the same. Like if God, like I trust that God is going to tell me if something needs attention. I was like, ah, I just love that. If more women would believe that God is so good, he is so capable of telling you, hey, there needs to be a switch. There needs to be an adjustment here. And we follow that. That's beautiful. And in fact, I argued kind of going on like that line. I said, you know what? I think home birth women actually use the hospital more for what it is used for than somebody who's going into the hospital and just birthing because that's where, you know, women just go to birth. It's like home birth women actually use the hospital for what it's needed because if you are sick, if you're in trouble, if you need like a surgical help, that stuff can be found at the hospital. But if in a true physiological labor, most of the time it doesn't need help. So we're using the hospital for what it's needed for. And I am just very, very confident in that. 
So as most of you know, I went on to have three more home births despite many different diagnoses, 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 diagnoses that came my way. I was told I couldn't deliver a baby that was five pounds and 10 ounces, but ended up having my biggest baby, which was my last one at eight pounds, one ounce. And it was my shortest labor at home too. In fact, there was a sticky shoulder. I've had a diagnosis of a uh, placenta previa. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, glucose intolerance, which probably would have been diagnosed as gestational diabetes had I taken the test, which I didn't. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but there's so many things that came my way that told me, no, you're not going to do it. You shouldn't do it. It's dangerous. It's wrong. And you better believe I was bombarded with all of these thoughts that were just there all the time. And I know I'm not alone in that. I know there are so many women out there who are constantly bombarded with these thoughts and we have to learn how to steward them well, right? We have to learn how to submit them, take them captive, make them obedient to Christ, figure out what's true, what's not, and go from there. But I'm, I will never be regret taking the thoughts captive that I was incapable, that I was broken, that I was a failure and making them obedient. If you need help with this, friend, you don't have to do it alone. And honestly, it took me so long to figure out this is actually a biblical thing. This is how you do it. This is how you can overcome these intrusive, like bombarding thoughts. It would have been a whole lot easier if I had somebody who understood birth, who understood trauma, who understood um, the spiritual attack that women are under during pregnancy. It would have been a lot easier and quicker of a process to learn how to do this if I had somebody else. So if this is you, schedule your free 15-minute confidence call with me. I can help you find a breakthrough from false narratives that are running around in your head telling you that you can't and you're going to get next steps on finding confidence and clarity as you journey towards home birth. Even if we don't end up working together, you're going to know for certain where you're headed and how to get there. So schedule today by clicking the link in the description below. Join us over on Facebook. I'd love to hear how you are learning how to manage your thoughts or what thoughts are going through your head and find support over there. It is an amazing community. So all of those links can be found in the description. Thanks again for joining me on the Peaceful Home Birth Podcast. And as always, peace be with you. I hope you loved today's episode and found it so helpful and encouraging. If you did, would you take 30 seconds to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or send this episode to a friend who has been praying for a peaceful home birth? Lastly, make sure you get my free download of my complete home birth essentials checklist. Make sure you have everything ready to go so you're able to feel at peace and confidence leading into your home birth. This printable checklist has all of the important but less glamorous or thought of items that I have found to be so incredibly helpful to have at a home birth after working with many clients in person. Now get it by clicking the link in the show notes and as always, 
Thanks for listening and peace be with you.